Hey, everybody. Thank you. Appreciate you joining us today across all of our campuses as well as online. And I just have to tell you, you picked a great day to be here because we are kicking off a six-week journey together as a church family called No Greater Love. And for the next month and a half, we're going to explore this connection between love and sacrifice. That love is expressed through serving and sacrificing for others. And uh, we're going to be talking about this not only in this message series, but in all of our home groups across all of our campuses. So if you're not connected with a home group, this would be a great time to try one out. In fact, to help you do that, we're hosting uh, home groups on all of our campuses during this six-week journey to give you an opportunity to maybe test the waters, give it a try in a little less intimidating environment rather than having to go to someone's home. You can just come to your campus and be a part of that. So I just want to encourage you maybe to consider taking that step to make the most out of these next six weeks. Now, obviously, it's, it's no coincidence that we're kicking off this series on serving and sacrifice on the 21st anniversary of 9-11. Because today as we're remembering and honoring the sacrifice of those first responders in New York and at the Pentagon, and as we remember the sacrifice of the passengers from United Flight 93 who gave their lives to prevent another plane from crashing into another building. And you know, every year as Americans on Veterans Day and Memorial Day, we pause and remember and honor the sacrifice and service of our military men and women. I guess what I'm saying is that that service and sacrifice are much celebrated values in our culture. But I believe the reason that those things resonate with us is because they reflect the heart of the God in whose image we are created. So if I were to ask you, what is the the greatest character trait of God? Like, what is God most known for? How would you end this sentence? God is what? What would you say? Love, right? That's what we know most about God is that he is love. Unfortunately, we've downgraded love to be just simply an emotion, a feeling, you know, a little warm quiver in your liver. But love has nothing to do with how you feel about somebody, and it has everything to do with what you're willing to do for somebody how you are willing to serve and to sacrifice for their benefit. Because that's what the love of God is like, right? Most familiar verse in all the Bible, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he did what? He gave, he gave, he sacrificed his one and only son. So you can't separate love from sacrifice. In fact, I would say you can't love without sacrifice. You can sacrifice without loving, right? That's doable. I mean, the 19 hijackers 21 years ago, they sacrificed their lives 
But it wasn't for love, it was driven by hate. In fact, that's why the apostle Paul in that great love chapter, Corinthians 13, he says, look, I can sell everything I have and give it to the poor. I can even surrender my body to the flames. In other words, sacrifice my life. But if I do not have love, it means absolutely nothing. Love and sacrifice and service are inseparable. In fact, Jesus says it this way in John 15, 13. He says, there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. But see, for Jesus, these weren't just pretty words that go on our pretty little posters or t-shirt slogans. Just a few hours after Jesus made that statement, he did exactly that. He laid down his life for us. And he calls those of us who are his followers to lay down our lives for others. Now, obviously, very few of us, outside of maybe our first responders and our military, very few of us will ever have an opportunity to literally die, to lay down our lives for someone else. But every day, we have an opportunity to sacrifice our time, to connect and build a relationship with somebody who's lonely and isolated. Every day, we have an opportunity to sacrifice our resources to invest in the greater good. Every day we see opportunities around us to, to share our energy and effort to serve others who can't serve themselves. What I'm saying is if we're going to live out this calling of Jesus to love God and love others, then sacrifice must be an essential part of our lives. I get it. We, we all love to admire and honor and celebrate those big heroic sacrifices on our behalf, but I'm convinced those little daily sacrifices might even be harder. To live this way doesn't come natural. It requires an intentionality in our lives. So over, the, over these next six weeks, we're going to look at five amazing individuals from both the Old Testament and the New Testament who were willing to sacrifice in order to obey God and in order to love others. But before we start walking through looking at some of those characters, what I want to do today is try to lay a foundation for all that we're going to do over the next six weeks, to talk about what it looks like to build a life of sacrifice, because it doesn't come easy and it doesn't come natural. We need God's help to live this way. And the amazing thing is not only does God help us develop these sacrificial hearts, but then he uses our sacrificial hearts to bless others and bonus to bless us. And so what I want to do today is, is unpack this statement you're probably familiar with. It's more blessed to give than to receive. We hear that. But why is that? Why is it more blessed to give, to serve, to sacrifice? And I want to look at four benefits of living sacrificially. Four ways that God blesses us when we're willing to serve and sacrifice. So let's jump in. Number one, the first benefit of living sacrificially is that I reflect God's heart to others. When I serve and sacrifice, I reflect the heart of God 
to others. Really the only thing I remember about my kindergarten days was that on the fourth Friday of every month, it was show and tell day. Did any of y'all have show and tell days? Yeah, the older people, young people are like, what are you talking about? Show and tell is basically a day that you could bring in anything you wanted from home, wherever. You could bring in an object or an item. And if you brought one, you had a chance to show it and tell the rest of the class all about this cool thing that you had. But the cool thing about show and tell, it was in the showing, not the telling, right? It was being able to bring it, being able to people to see it and touch it. The same thing is true about God's heart. Helping people know what God's heart is like is less about what we tell them about God and more about what we show them about God. And man, that is so true in our current cultural climate, right? As you, as you think about it, as, as less and less people are growing up in the church, as less and less people are, are engaged in studying and learning the Bible to know what God is like, and by the explosion of the internet, as more and more people are, are able to get more and more information, whether it's true or not, it's amazing what so many people today think God is like. In fact, I would encourage you this week, go home and Google this question. What is God like? And then look at all the responses you get. You know, some say, well, you know, he's this cosmic force out in the universe for good. Or, you know, some say, you know, he's an angry tyrant who's just looking to smite you if you step out of line or mess up. Or no, he's like a cosmic watchmaker. You know, God designed the universe and he wound it up and he just sits back from a distance and watches it all play out. If we want people to know what God is like, it's less about what we say and more about how we live. Are we willing to live that kind of love, that sacrificial love? It's interesting, the Apostle Paul some 2,000 years ago kind of ran into the same issue. Because in the places where he was traveling to share the gospel message, the story of God's love, and where he was planting churches, the people he was trying to reach had no idea what the God of the Bible was like. See, unlike Paul, they didn't grow up in the synagogue. They didn't have access to the, the words of Moses and the prophets, the scripture that Paul had studied all his life. And so in order to try to teach them about God, and by the way, their image of God was usually little demigods that had to be sacrificed to and appeased so they would make the crops grow or so that you could have children. He's trying to reach that community with the message of what God is like. And I want you to notice what he says about that, 2 Corinthians 4. Paul says, for what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of the darkness, made his light shine in our hearts. Every time you sacrifice to serve, you allow a little more of his light to shine through you 
and to show others what God is like. Listen, not only does serving and sacrificing allow unbelievers to know what God is like, guess what else it does? It encourages the other believers around you. That's one of the reasons we gather as a church family, that we connect to one another. It's to encourage each other. And when you sacrifice your time, your energy, your resources to serve others, you're not just showing non-believers what God is like. You are reminding other believers of who our God really is and how he truly loves. I can't tell you how many times in 30-something years of ministry, you know, I've just gotten discouraged by looking around and thinking, well, you know, what difference does it make? And there's still so much pain, so much lostness, you know, are we making any difference? And you feel like, you know, what are we doing here? But then, you know, I'll walk into a campus on a Sunday morning and I'll see some of you sacrificing your time, your energy, your talent, your resources to love on little kids or to welcome new people or to fix coffee to help folks feel at home. And I see that sacrifice and it causes me to go, yeah, that's our God who loves through sacrifice. Or I'll scroll through Facebook and I'll see some of you out serving in our community, helping hurting people, working through our partners. And I'll go, yeah, that's how our God loves if you've been around Cedar Creek Church any length of time, you've, you've probably heard me say this. You're never more like Jesus than when you are serving others. And that's why we say that. You reflect that sacrificial love that God has for the world and that he has for every one of us. And so that's why today at all of our campuses, we've got these Say Yes cards available it's an opportunity for you to explore a next step in serving within your campus. And I would encourage you to check that out. But listen, it's not about just filling a spot or accomplishing a task. It is about reflecting the heart of God to the people around you. Because that's what sacrifice does. That's what it benefits. It, it reflects the heart of God, but that's not all that it does. A second thing sacrificial living will benefit is, is that I will grow closer to God. When I serve sacrificially, I will grow closer to God. See, not only will it show God's heart to others, but it'll actually draw me closer to the heart of God. If you are feeling distant from God, if you're feeling like there's a gap, maybe there was a time earlier in your life where you just really felt close to God, but now you kind of feel like maybe he's distant or he doesn't care. I don't know, maybe it's based on your circumstances or whatever. I can tell you this, the fastest way to get closer to the heart of God is to be willing to make sacrifices to serve others. 
It's kind of like that old joke about the, the couple, they've been married 50 years, and they're driving down the road, and you know the husband's sitting, driving behind the wheel, and the wife's all the way over on the other end of the car, and she starts talking about, you know, why don't we sit close like we used to? You used to put your arm around me, and we would always ride close together in the front seat, and the husband simply looks and says, I'm still sitting in the same place. Guess who moved? If you're feeling distant from the heart of God, I can promise you he hasn't moved. His heart of loving sacrifice is always the same. The question is, can we move towards that and align our heart with his? Jesus put it this way in Matthew 6, 21. He says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now, I know as pastors, we love that verse when we're teaching on giving, right? We're talking about money, talking about giving. We love to use that verse. And it's an appropriate verse for that topic. But understand that verse is not really about money. That verse is all about our heart. Jesus is saying, look, those things that are most important to you, those treasures, whatever they are that you're trying to hold on to, Maybe it is your money. Maybe it's the precious little bit of time that you have to yourself. Maybe it's that last drop of energy that you have at the end of a long season. Those things reveal the location of our hearts. And so if you want to get closer to the heart of God, living a life of of generosity and sacrificial love is the how to get closer to God. You know, if you're familiar at all with the Old Testament, you know one of the key elements of the nation of Israel's relationship with God was in their sacrificial system. This system where they would bring usually a lamb or a goat or doves, they would bring some animal that would be slaughtered and burnt on a wooden altar as a sacrifice. And that's so foreign to us in our culture. And so when we look back at that, we think of that sacrifice as being an expression of love or an appeasement to God, right? You got to make sacrifices to make God happy because in most pagan cultures, that's what sacrifice was, keeping the gods happy, you know, making sure the crops are going to grow or whatever. But for the nation of Israel, that is not what sacrifice was about. It was not about expressing their love for God. It was a reflection of the love that God had already shown them. You understand, God rescued the nation of Israel from 400 years of slavery before they even knew what his name was, let alone before they had these commandments and sacrificial rituals, right? This sacrifice was not about them, you know, getting God to love them. It was a reflection that God had already loved them. See, every time they shed blood on those altars, they were, it was for them a preflection, a forward look of the ultimate sacrifice that God would make in love for them. His one and only Lamb of God, His one and only Son, who would sacrifice His life to rescue us. 
In fact, that's why Paul writes these words in Ephesians 5. He says to us, follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love. Just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. See, because we live on this side of the cross, we don't have to sacrifice animals to, as a precursor or a forward look at the ultimate sacrifice. But we are called to walk in the way of love. And that's what you do. Every time you sacrifice time you don't have to love and care for somebody who's hurting, every time you give financially to invest in the greater good, every time you use your gifts and experiences to serve those who can't serve themselves, you get a deeper understanding of who God is, what he's really like, and you get closer and closer to his heart. Number three, a third benefit of living sacrificially is that I develop a stronger faith. Living sacrificially gives me a stronger faith because faith is not about attending a service. It's not about connecting. It's not about following rules. It's all about living in his love. I'm going to make an assumption about you. Because you're here, because you're watching this service online, I'm going to assume that there is some level of desire in your life to grow spiritually. You're here for a reason. Unless you're a guy who just came because the pretty girl invited you and you wanted to see her. But for most of us, we want to grow stronger in our faith. You know, one of the things I love about Cedar Creek Church is that we have a huge variety of people who connect with us. We have people all across the spectrum of the faith journey, from those who are just kind of curious and seeking and checking out what this Jesus thing is all about to, to people who have been following Jesus faithfully for 30 or 40 years. We have people who've been faithful in their journey, people who are just starting in their journey, people who have so many questions, and amidst all of that diversity, it's good to be reminded that one of, one of the ways all of us can grow stronger in our faith, no matter where you are, is by being willing to live sacrificially. Because developing a stronger faith is not about increasing your knowledge about God. It's about increasing your obedience to God. That's why the Bible says knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. And what love builds up is our faith. You know, in the early days of the Christian church, these churches were small groups of people who were spread out in cities across the Roman Empire. 
It's not like it is today where particularly here in the southeast, you know, there's a church or three on every corner. But then there was just maybe one little gathering, one little church for the whole city. And these cities were spread out miles apart. And so often, some of these little churches would either take up an offering, a financial gift, or they would share some of their leadership with these other churches to help encourage them. People they didn't know, people they'd never met. And one of the churches that really got on board with this was the church in the city of Corinth. And so when Paul is writing to them and he talks about this sacrifice they had made for these other believers that they didn't know, I want you to look at what he says about it. 2 Corinthians 9. He says, for your generosity to them, to these other churches, and to all believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. See, we read that word prove, and we think of it in terms of like a courthouse, right? Trying to prove, to prove what's true or what's factual. But the word Paul uses there doesn't mean prove like in a court of law. It means to test it that it is a proving ground for your faith. Any of y'all know what a proving ground is? Let me see your hands. Anybody? Yeah, one or two, right? A proving ground is what automobile manufacturers use to test new vehicles and new technology. So when they come out with a new model of car or when they come out with some kind of new feature on that car, before they make it available to sell to the public, it goes to a proving ground that has all kinds of tests this vehicle is put through, like racetracks and bumps and stopping and all of that stuff. And the purpose of the proving ground is to test and see where this is strong and maybe where it is weak, where it needs to be shored up. And Paul is saying that it is in the sacrificial serving that our test gets proven, it gets tested, it gets made stronger. That's so interesting because whenever I talk to people about taking a next step of serving, what I hear so often from them is not a lack of desire. Usually what they say is, well, I'm just, I'm not qualified, Philip. I can't serve in that way. I don't, I don't have a strong enough faith. You know, I still got my own questions about Jesus and the Bible. But listen, serving is not always the result of a strong faith but it is always a route to a deeper faith. Let me say that again. Serving sacrificially is not always the result of some strong, wonderful faith that you already have, but I promise you it will always be a route to a deeper faith for you wherever you are in your journey. You know why that's true? Because when you step out of the boat to follow Jesus, you'll always be in over your head. And you know what? That's where God shows up the most. That's where you can see his faithfulness. That's where you'll see him doing things in and through you that you could never do on your own. And then finally, number four, the fourth benefit of living sacrificially is that I experience a richer life. I experience a richer life. Now, by richer, I don't mean in money or material possessions. 
I'm not talking about some kind of prosperity gospel where if you do God these favors, he will bless you and make you healthy, wealthy, and wise. When I say richer life, I mean a full, meaningful, truly satisfying life. And that is so hard to find, isn't it? In the words of that great theologian, Mick Jagger, from 40 years ago, I can't get no satisfaction. Which is remarkable to hear those words from a guy who had everything this world had to offer. Money, fame, position, status, and yet he would say, in all of that, there is still no satisfaction. You know why that is? Because in God's upside-down kingdom, Life is found not in what you can get, but in what you are willing to give. The sacrifice you're willing to make. I had an uncle who was a legendary high school football coach in South Carolina. And he had a saying, you say it all the time. Everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. What he meant was, everybody wants to win the championship. Everybody wants to be under the Friday night lights when the band is playing and the cheerleaders are jumping. But very few people are willing to put in the work on the two-a-days in August to achieve that experience. Everybody wants the trophy. Nobody's willing to put the effort in to earn it. And the reality is, that's a temptation that every one of us faces. To try to find the shortcut, to try to find the easy route through self-centeredness to grab hold of the life that we think we want. But if there's one thing Jesus made crystal clear, not just in his words, but in the example of his life, is that the path to a deeper, richer, more satisfying life was found in the sacrifice of loving your neighbor as you love yourself. The apostle Paul puts it this way in his letter to a young pastor named Timothy when he talked to him about what to teach to his congregation. And look at what he says, 1 Timothy 6. He says, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. And then notice, he says, in this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age. And then I love this last line. So that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Can I ask you a personal question? What kind of life are you taking hold of right now? What are you pursuing? What, what are you trying to get more of and to hold on more of? Is it about getting all you can and holding on to all you can get? Or is it about giving all that you have to make room for more than you could ever hold? So today I want to close with this invitation from Jesus himself who simply says, if you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up, if you sacrifice your life for me, you will find it. Would you pray with me? Wow, Jesus, what an incredible reminder 
something that probably most of us here already know, but how easily it is for us to slip back into the shell of our self-centeredness. To think that what we need is found in making it all about me. And so, Father, I, I pray for every one of us who call this place home that we would be willing to examine our hearts and, more importantly, examine our lives and take a next step towards living in the love you've shown us by serving and sacrificing to love those that you place in our lives every day. We need you, Spirit, to do this. We cannot do this on our own. On our own, we are selfish and self-centered, but through the power of your Spirit to transform our hearts, slowly but surely, one step at a time, one day at a time, we can become more and more generous in the way we live and in the way we love. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.